It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. It is a Thursday. It's Throwback Thursday, which means I will have a throwback segment here later on in the show. I also want to talk about a couple of things, reshuffling of the rotation and Taylor Trammell's performance in the Futures game. I know, it was on Sunday, but I just came across the video of him trying to steal home. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, which actually, real quick on that one, Google Play, we've been having a lot of problems with. If you typically use Google Play, check out Google Podcasts. I know this is really confusing, but they're actually two different things. And I don't know why, but... Check out Google Podcasts. They're working a lot better with us. Google Play, we've had a problem. Locked On, uh, the Locked On Podcast Network as a whole has had a problem with Google Play since July 1st. And there's actually been some other podcasts that have problems. So it's something going on with Google Play. If you typically use Google Play, check out Google Podcasts or Stitcher or the Himalaya Podcasting app. Something like that to supplement what you used to use with Google Play because we're not really sure when that's going to get resolved. So we do apologize on that part, but uh, we got folks working on it. Anyway, also check us out on Twitter at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs and make sure to hit us up on the LockedOnReds line. I have a question for you and this will be a question that I want to get calls on. I want your take on all weekend long, I want to do a couple of listener segments next week or maybe a listener show, depending on how things go. But I've got a question for you, and this is a broad topic here. And I know there's a couple of obvious players, but I want you to really think about this one. With the trade deadline coming, and there's some speculation that the Reds may be looking to buy. They may be looking to add somebody. Who do you want the Reds to add? Now, I know you're going to say Mike Trout or Aaron Judge or, you know, guys like that. Let's be a little realistic here. But who do you want the Reds to add? I want want to hear from you. 513-549-0159. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of names that have popped up that intrigue me here in just a bit. But first, I want to talk about the rotation. The Reds announced the rotation coming out of the All-Star break. Sonny Gray will start the first game in Colorado, and then he will also get a start at the back end of the Cubs series, which I love the way that everything has worked out, because with all of the games coming up from now until the end of July, there are only two series against non-NL Central teams, and both of those are against Colorado. Everything else is against divisional opponents, and with the first Cubs series coming up after they're in Colorado, 
they'll have Luis Castillo going in the first game in Chicago and Sonny Gray in the third game. I think it's brilliant uh, ordering of the rotation coming out of the All-Star break. And I also like, and, and it was pointed out, and I agree, that they've split up Tyler Malley and Anthony DiSclefani. That's something that I, I don't think it was contributing to a lot of bad games or anything like that, but it does close the possibility a little bit for getting a pair of losses back-to-back. I'm not saying that Tyler Malley and Anthony DiSclefani are automatic losses. They both had great games, but they have both had some bad games as well, and you take out the possibility of that going back-to-back. Here's the full rotation coming out of the All-Star break. Friday, it's Sonny Gray. Saturday, we'll see Tanner Rourke. And Tyler Malley will finish out the series in Colorado. Then when they shift to Chicago, it's Castillo, Anthony DiSclefani, and then back to Sonny Gray. And that's not to say that they have redefined who the ace of the staff is. Everyone knows who the ace of the staff is. It's just the fact that Castillo got a little bit of work in the All-Star game. They don't want to throw him off of his schedule and have him pitch on less than, you know, less than his fifth day. And I know you're going to say, well, Jeff, he only threw one inning. He only saw three batters. He only threw like 13 pitches. But still, there's a routine to that. And you don't want to mess that up. And plus, you're pitching him against the Cubs. I love that. Because you want to beat the Cubs. And with the way that the rotation has pitched in this first half, if they get out to a great start here in the second half, it's just going to continue to bode well for this team as as we continue to hope for the offense to come back. Who knows? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But that is kind of, you know, it's, it's a good thing coming out of the All-Star break to see that they've reshuffled that. They're not just going to go with what they had. And I think that's a big topic around David Bell this season is he is really, he is willing to rethink things. I know he was thrown under the bus a lot early on in the season for the way that he brought pitchers out early into games and brought in the bullpen. I understand that. He's rethought that of late. We've seen starters go deeper. Plus, the bullpen has been taxed so much that here lately it's been kind of bad. A a very big strength of this team early on in the season has started to creep up into a little bit of questionable territory here as of late. And that's something we'll get to in the segment talking about some guys I'd like to see the Reds go after at the trade deadline. Real quick, want to thank Hotels.com for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure that your next trip is booked through Hotels.com. They've got great rates and a great reward system. Stop hate-liking your friends' trips and book one of your own. That's Hotels.com. This is the Locked on Reds podcast on a throwback Thursday. I mentioned kind of in the tease portion of the open that Taylor Trammell played pretty well in the Futures game on Sunday. And I know it's Thursday, and I'm just now getting to something that happened on Sunday. But I saw a video of Trammell trying to steal home, and I loved what I saw. Because, okay, so it was the Futures game. They didn't have instant replay. The home plate umpire called him out. But we're talking about an all-star game scenario. It's still an exhibition game. Sure, it's a great way for them to showcase their talents on national TV. And Taylor Chamel did just that. He was having fun 
in an exhibition game, and he was trying to go hard. They interviewed him after the game. He's like, I want to win MVP again. You know, he was the future game MVP last year, 2018. He wanted to win it back-to-back years. And the game ended in a tie. Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird. Ended in a tie after eight innings. And his steal of home, had it been reviewed, it would have been overturned. If you have not seen the video, he slides head first. And in the post game, he talks about he when he got to third base, he briefly conversed with the third base coach who just happened to be Omar Vizquel. And he's like, what do you think? You think I can make it? And the guy on the mound was a left-handed pitcher, had his back turned to Trammell, and Trammell got a great jump dove headfirst into home plate. And if you watch the replay, they slow it down on the broadcast and they show that the catcher, when he put his tag down, he put his tag in between Trammell's hands. So he didn't actually tag him. And Trammell hits home plate. And then a second after he touches home plate, the catcher tags Trammell in the face. Probably didn't feel all that great, but you know, kind of swipes up, gets a bit of Tramel's nose and his hat and all that stuff, and the umpire calls him out. Now, if you were to have the benefit of a replay, he would have been called safe. If it was a major league game, Taylor Tramel just stole home. Now, I know you're going to look at his slash line and be like, well, he's not batting that great. He's batting under 250. He's slugging under 350, which isn't great, or slugging under 360, I believe, which, you know, that's pretty terrible. But that's something that I think is going to improve. I love the way when I listen to an interview of Taylor Chamel or something like that, I can tell he's a smart dude. He really knows the game of baseball and he is a talent. There's a reason he's the number one prospect now that Nixon Zell has been called up. He's the number one prospect in the Reds organization. Some, some rankers have Hunter Green still up there, but I think that Trammell is the number one guy. Still, I'm still leery of pitching prospects. I just am. But with Trammell, I think we've got a bright future or at least a very attractive trade target. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But real quick, with it being Thursday and with it being the All-Star break, I thought it would be great to do a little throwback Thursday. And this is going to be a different one. I'm not necessarily talking about a legendary player or a legendary coach. With the Reds going into Colorado, I wanted to hearken back to the ripe old days of 1993. That's right, I'm talking about the very first game between the Reds and the Rockies. And I really wouldn't be talking about this if this was a loss. Obviously, the Reds won this game. This was the 35th game of the 1993 season, and the Reds won 13-5. And these pitchers are just going to throw you. The the winning pitcher for the Reds was Tim Pugh. He went seven innings. He allowed three earned runs on a homer, four walks and seven hits with one strikeout. And then finishing the game was Kevin Wickender. Shout out to obscure former Reds. I'd love to hear some stuff about Kevin Wickender. I don't remember that name. and. <laughs> Maybe I should. I I don't I don't recall as to why, but that that's a heck of a name right there. Just two guys pitching. He pitched the final two innings of the game. 
And the Reds, obviously offensively, you score 15 runs, you had a really good day. But a great day from Kevin Mitchell. Dude went four for four. His batting average after this game, after the 35th game in 1993, was 4.07. Kevin Mitchell was known mostly for playing with the Giants and, in fact, led the league in home runs in 1989. But he had an amazing batting average his two years in Cincinnati. In fact, I believe he finished 1993 with a 341, according to Baseball Reference. In 1993, he finished the season with a 341 batting average and a 986 OPS. Just phenomenal numbers from Kevin Mitchell. And, you know, I mean, coming off years in San Francisco, the 89 MVP, All-Star Game in 89 and 90. I mean, the Reds really got a great left fielder in him for the, the two years that they had him. And then he bounced around a little bit to finish his career. But those two years in, in 1993, that first game in Colorado, and actually it, it wasn't in Colorado, the first game against Colorado, it was in Cincinnati. Just a phenomenal game for him. Barry Larkin went two for four in that game. Reggie Sanders was two for four, had a pair of RBIs. And he actually hit a home run. Both Mitchell and Reggie Sanders had a home run in the game. Just uh, kind of fun looking back on that if you want to look up more about the game. But that was the first game between the Rockies and the Reds. The Reds won 13-5. to and, and some forget, you know, it's it's easy to forget how old some of these teams are. Obviously, it's been all year. We're celebrating 150 years for the Reds. I, personally, am older than the Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies started playing baseball in 1993. Sometimes we forget that. I don't know. And I wanted to end today's show. Just look at a couple of names that I've seen. I, I, you know, we've heard about Clint Frazier. We've heard that the Reds may be in for a controllable bat. Things like that. Mark Sheldon has a piece on MLB.com. He's looking at a couple of names, and he actually thinks that the Reds are more targeting a bullpen arm. He mentions Alex Colomay from the White Sox. He actually pitched for the Rays for the first part of his career, and now has been pitching for the White Sox. He's their closer. Has 20 saves for the White Sox, who are not very good this year. And then he also talks about Seth Lugo from the Mets. I like Seth Lugo in this idea more than Alex Colomay. I don't know why. I just feel like Seth Lugo is a very versatile reliever, a guy that you can really plug into any situation, and I don't think he's going to worry about if he's getting a save or not. Alex Colomay, I'm not sure. He, he was the closer for Tampa Bay. And then he kind of lost out on the job to Sergio Romo, and that's why he's now a White Sox. And now he's a closer for the White Sox. So if you bring him to the Reds, maybe you can get him to buy in on the fact that he's not the closer. I don't know. But Seth Lugo is a versatile middle reliever. And then another name that was mentioned was a guy from the Giants, and the Giants are way out of it. The Giants are down there with the Marlins. They're just waiting for next year. And they've got Tony Watson. Now, I don't know if you remember that name. He pitched for the Pirates. He's a left-handed reliever, and he is a very good left-handed reliever. And what is this team short on right now? Left-handed relievers. Mainly because Amir Garrett is hurt. 
obviously. Wandy Peralta is on a rehab stint, which he might be getting called up here soon. The Reds did just send down Josh Van Meter, and they said that a corresponding call-up would happen on Friday. Which I find it kind of funny that they're, you know, it's like kind of suspenseful. It's like, ooh, we sent somebody down, but you're going to have to wait and see who we're bringing up. Stay tuned, Reds fans. Maybe it's Wandy Peralta. I don't know. Because they really missed having a left-handed reliever in there for the Indian series. I thought it was interesting that they had handicapped themselves in that way. So maybe they go after a Tony Watson. And guys like that probably don't command a top prospect. Maybe Colomate requires a little bit of a better one, and that's why I'm not as into that name. I was looking at a couple of other guys. I was looking at a couple of hitters that were interesting to me. One guy that I don't think they could get, but I'd really like. I was looking at teams, and this is where I got the idea where I want to hear from you, because the criteria that I had in mind was I'm looking at a team that's out of it, a team that's looking to add a really good young prospect and really build their farm system and stuff. So that made me think of a, of this guy, a, a player from the Kansas City Royals. And I'd be interested to see if the Reds could get him, Whit Merrifield. He's been playing a lot of outfield, but he can also play second base, which would interest me greatly, because then you could talk about you either play Senzel at second base or you play Merrifield at second base. Now, Merrifield is 30, but he was a late bloomer. He actually made his debut at the age of 27, and his career batting average is 296. The last two years, he's had a batting average over 300. Well, a year and a half, because it's up to right now. But he also slashes well. His career OPS is 794. Last season, for all season, he had an 806 OPS with a 367 on-base percentage. And this year, he's up to 355. He becomes a free agent in 2023. So you have a couple of years of control, and he's not too terribly costly. Now, maybe because of that, Kansas City ups the asking price. And, uh, you know, these these are just some names that I'm spitballing here. But if it's a situation where they could, the Reds could, you know, maybe trade Jonathan India and get back Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield could kind of be like the Scott Rowland. In this, I'm not saying that he's a great clubhouse guy by any stretch. I don't really know that much about him, but I do know that his stats are great, and he's a versatile guy who can play the outfield and play second base, basically fit into what Nick Senzel could do as well. And you've got a lot of versatile guys there, and we know that David Bell loves to play around with stuff. So anyway, I, that's just some spitballing ideas. I'd love to hear more from you on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159 about some possible guys that the Reds could get back before the trade deadline. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Get it every single day because tomorrow I'm going to have Chad Dotson on. We're going to be talking about looking forward into the future for this year and maybe even looking forward to next year. So look forward to that. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to the Locked on Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.